The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Have you ever experienced a tragedy that just made no sense to you? Do you ever find yourself yet again in the same old scenario you thought you were getting out of the last time you decided? Have you ever thought you were done with something only to have it reappear in a different form in your life? Have you ever wished that you could make your life more meaningful? In order to do that, you have to know how to look through the lenses of your soul's eyes. We're very excited today to have Colette Baron-Reed back to the show for the second time to talk about her latest book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life. With this book, Colette has given us a map, a treasure map, if you will, that leads us to hidden treasures such as learning how to find your place, finding your magical allies, and aligning with your own adventure. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educated, best-selling Hay House author, motivational speaker, broadcast personality, acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Through her 22-year practice, built only on word of mouth, Colette has advised over 50,000 clients in 29 countries around the world. Touring for three years as the opening speaker with Hay House, she has provided insight and compassionate delivery of messages as an intuitive counselor and life strategist to over 150,000 people. She is informed in the study of both metaphysics and Jungian psychology and is praised for both her objectivity and her accuracy in her detailed readings. She's a frequent guest on TV and radio and has her own radio show on Hay House Radio. Her latest book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life, is the subject of our interview this week. Colette, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. I'm so glad to get to talk with you again. Mm, Me too. Me too. I'm very excited to be here and listening to your mellifluous southern voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. wonderful. Thank you so much. One of the things I love about the book, and one of the first things I loved about the book, was the little vignette in the very beginning of the story in which you describe the the wandering from familiar chaos to familiar narcotic slumber and back again, and how you make from that a metaphor, a question, in, in fact, where are you? Why is it so important for us to ask this question in the journey to meaning, where are we? Well, you know, if we don't orient ourselves we are, we're lost. It, 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 many of us um, move through our lives without asking ourselves a very simple question as to where, are, where am I right now in my story. Because, and to know that means that you, then immediately it gives you a perspective and a, pl- a point of vantage 
with which to take a look at the rest of your life. So um, otherwise, you're just like literally floating or aim or, or mindlessly walking through your life without a consciousness of the actual terrain that you're moving through. Is it familiar? You know, have you been here before? Um, instead of just like you know barreling through it. Right. So how do if when we get to a, a realization of where we are. We get oriented and we find out we're in the desert or under some, some crumbling rock or something. Okay. How do we do that without judging ourselves? How do we stand there and look at where we are without self-judgment? Okay, so this is what's really interesting. You, you brought up the metaphor in the book, and I think there needs to be a little discussion about the history of it first, okay. because I don't think your listeners won't know what we're talking about. Okay. So let's use the desert as, a, as an example. So in the book, I teach you how to ask the question, where are you, using a very specific template of an exercise, and, and, and the background of it is this, that we reside, or we inhabit our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. Ninety-five percent of our life experience, our reality, is based in our mind, our emotions, our beliefs, in this invisible world of thought. Only five percent of our experience is in the physical now. So it is the environment of the thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that where we live mostly, and that's, that's a fact. Now, what I've done is, I've asked the question, well, what if we describe that environment as an environment and as an environment that we would know universally, an archetypal environment that we could describe um, and instead of saying I am sad or I am dry and I don't have and nothing's going on in my life and I'm really mad and that's that, instead I'll say, okay, what does that look like? If you were to make that an environment that you are traveling through or that you are standing in, what would that place look like? So the desert is a perfect example and my favorite example of being able to understand why we do this at all. Why, where are we? So if you were to look at the real desert, the archetypal universal experience that all human beings know and have known since the beginning of that we've inhabited the earth, a desert represents certain things. It is dry. You have to get water really deep. You have to dig deep for water. So you'd say, where is my water? It's dry. Well, you've got to dig deep. So the treasure is found by digging deep into yourself. It also, if you look in the desert, what, what survives or thrives in the desert? Well, resilient beings. Like, you know, animals that live in the desert are resilient. They don't need a lot of water. They, 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 they can manage. They, have, they, can, they can dig deep. So we can look at, uh, you know, different insects that live there. You can just say, like, what, what are the things they have in common? Well, they've developed a tougher exterior shell, and they've, they've been able to find shelter in this desert until it passes, and then they go to a different territory. Because in our, in our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, we have more than one territory. So, so it, where's the lesson in the desert? Well, the first lesson is where do I find my water? That's what we want to ask. And then how do and, – and that a desert period, no matter how long it lasts, will, will give you the gift of resilience. Okay. So there's always something positive, even in the most difficult terrain. Sadness becomes a valley of loss, right? So we say, you know, people don't want to be there. Well, you keep getting if – you, if you refuse your grief or you repress your grief through a different kind of a detour or a behavior – you will not have stayed long enough in the valley of grief, in the valley of loss, right? So I say, like, what would that look like to you? Well, a valley is a place I could take time. You know, it's, it's surrounded by mountains, and that means that there's shelter there, and that means that I really can't be hurt even though I feel terribly vulnerable. So it gives you permission to explore areas of your own psyche by turning them into these archetypal or universal environments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's so beautifully done in this book. I really would encourage our listeners to read the book because it really is very beautifully done. 
Yeah, and so, okay, so you find yourself in the desert, or like I said a while ago, under a crumbling rock or something, and you, 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 instead of judging yourself, you look around to find what's the next step, or what, is that how you avoid self-judgment? Well, judgment is a really interesting word, because you're not judging anything, you are observing. Um, in, in traditional psychology, in, in all you know, psych, schools of psychology, you hear the word the witness or the observer self. And the, all the exercises in my book teach you how to be in that mindful state of non-judgment. It's a neutral state mm-hmm. of observation. You cannot judge when you are just observing. So the point, of, the point is, is to get you, you to that neutral moment of just taking a look and assessing without judgment. So there's no emotional charge to this at all. Um, you actually bypass your emotions by creating an environment that they actually present instead of feeling the feelings, watch the feelings. Right, right. You watch them. Right. So, so of course, passion and self, self-love and self-compassion, the point of this is, is to be able to get out of most difficult places when you are listening to your negative self-talk. And I, and I have a whole section of the book about the voices you listen to, because it's where are you, when are you, and who are you listening to. So the judgment voice, let's say you are judging, well, that's a voice, and the voice is of, of that of a wound. If you, are, if, you are, if you are treating yourself with self-hatred, that's only a small part of yourself that, that you've given over the reins to. So there's another entire book to deal with that. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most vital questions that we need to ask as, as we talk in this uh, new age, new thought uh, niche. We need to be talking about how to distinguish those different mm-hmm. voices, what, uh, how to discern between the different voices. And you've talked about that in your book, and that's one of the beauties of this book. So can you give us some examples of how mm-hmm. we might be able to sure. do that? Well, um, I should give you a little history to how I created this. Um, I studied three, three particular schools of thought that brought me to write this book. And the, the, the characters in the Who Are You Listening To or Who Is Guiding You section um, really came out of the studies that I did with the Helen Cedra Stone method of voice dialogue. Now, theirs is something very specific. Mine is a little different because I'm, I've created these templates of these characters. Two of the ones are twin sisters, Bone Collector and the, the Gentle Gardener, and, of course, the Goblin, which came out of a fairy tale. So you engage these characters in Q&A, and they really do come up in you. If you invite them and you already give this part of you a face, then they start engaging, and you can actually have an intimate dialogue with the parts of yourself that rule over these sections of your life. The goblin over the wounds, the uh, bone collector, it represents the wise feminine within you, knows that you are whole, and the gardener represents the you that is the manifest. So so they're very specific, and um, they're exercises. Like, the book isn't something you read. It's something that you do. Right. Right, and I and I think that that whole thing is uh, the exercise. What Carl Jung called uh, active imagination. That's yep, kind of what you're using. Yeah, active dreaming. Yeah, so that you're it's really a combination. Okay. It's... Right. So you're really tuning in and, and making caricatures out of these voices, and so that you can hear the distinguishing and and I would say feel the distinctions between the, how they feel when these voices speak up. Well, when I do the intensives, I got to tell you, it's 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 this book's been after two and a half years of workshopping and my Sedona intensives in uh, Sedona, Arizona, and I have people sit on different chairs. And and uh, if you do, you can do this at home too. You can 
you can connect with the characters. You have three different chairs, and once you sit on one and you imagine that this goblin comes through you to talk to you, and again, these are imaginary creatures. This is a combination of voice dialogue and active dreaming, active imagination, So, and I've trademarked the process. So you can totally do it. You just sit there and wait, and then you sit in another chair and you bring up another character, and you will notice physical sensations that are different in your body according to what chair you sit on mm-hmm. and who's coming up within you, the wellspring of this, um, uh, the aspect of your persona that can come forth to talk to you. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely but, is. I've, I've done similar work in, in therapy, in group therapy, and, and seen amazing mm-hmm. results, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the mind is fascinating because the subconscious or the soul, if you will, too, because it's through the subconscious, you know, it doesn't speak English. It speaks pictures. Mm-hmm. So, so it speaks ima- it speaks to the imagination. It speaks through poetry. It's evocative. Mm-hmm. So, so you bypass your intellectual uh, and uh, analytical mind, and you enter into the realm of the imagination and intuition. And within that, that's when all of a sudden you start to activate this part of yourself. Um, it is really interesting that that we have all of us, all human beings, have this incredible capacity to imagine um, and therefore create. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of our strongest tools. When I think about children, I think that's just about the only tool they have that they can really um, rely upon is their imagination. So it absolutely can help us to get in touch with that vulnerable part as well. So if you read, and actually that you brought up a great word when you said vulnerable. This One of the things that um, I know this body of work that I've created actually helps people is to bypass fear. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. We'll be back with more from Colette baron Marie. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. 
Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Colette Baron-Reed for the second time, and this time we're talking to her about her latest book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life. And she tells me that in two, two months this book has already been translated into 17 different languages. So it's a very, very popular book. And she also tells me that it's uh, been 22 years in the writing. It's a coalescence of all of her experience. And her experience is vast with regard to um, her ability to understand the distinctions between union psychology and metaphysical and, uh, sciences and metaphysical uh, human experiences. So we're back now with Colette. And the, uh, what we were talking about before was fear, Colette, just before we went out. Yep. Um, uh, you were talking a little bit about fear. So let's, let's uh, finish that conversation before excellent, we move on. Excellent, excellent. And I hope I sound better now. <laughs> yeah, you're connected you're your, very well. Your listeners have to know I was, I was driving my car home as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I mean, fear is epidemic right now. And, and, and we even use, we watch the news, we turn the television on, and we're told how afraid we're supposed to be. You know, or just in case we might be afraid, and 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 you know, fear is is the worst. It is a disease right now, and it is something that is debilitating most people. You know, the whole BS about 2012 to all that stuff. Everybody's anticipating Armageddon. I mean, that whole thing. You've got to stay in today, and and you have to minimize your fear to the best of your ability. And my work with the Goblin, you can talk to your fear, but you have to love it. You cannot disown it. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's like you really have to be able to, to take, to see yourself, to really see yourself, and and to be in a position of of acceptance, but also of self love, non judgment, self love, and engage with the part of yourself that knows that you're whole and that you're not you're not this person that you think you are. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that 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 whole thing of of, of fear 
is a um, it's a way of both a way of coping and a way of uh, operating. And it's so interesting to me that there's this split off between the intellect and the emotions, and yet we tend to feel that we're supposed to operate out of the emotions, even though our intellect is saying, I'm always on top of things and I've got everything in a logical order. Right. So when the emotions come up, we they grab us and we almost have develop the immediate belief or sink back into the old belief that that we're supposed to go with it. So when we're afraid, we assume that we're supposed to duck. But also when we're but also that why do we think we have to have it all together? Mm-hmm. What about what about living in the gray? Mm-hmm. Nothing is black and white anymore. We can't rely on what we think is our security anymore. Things are changing and we have to start being used to that. And that's the part too that we don't have it in logical order because the world doesn't operate in logical order. Absolutely not. Absolutely it not. So so I think it's really, but it's also being compassionate with ourselves, um, you know, and realizing that there is this part of us that is fearful and that is being triggered or fight flight in, mm-hmm. you know, aspect. I mean, you know, our, 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 just our basic survival is, is being threatened, at least many of us think it is. And, and um, we have to remember that this is the, things are changing, things, old systems have to die in order for new ones to be born. And that's where we're all at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you've said it so well in the book that our uh, who we think we are or who we are is fluid. Yep, fluid, exactly. It's fluid and ever-changing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fluid yep. and ever-changing. Absolutely. So, okay, so sometimes we wander into what you've called the ghost land. What is the ghost land and <laughs> what is its hold over us? The ghost land is the part of us, is, is a place that we go to when we are overly anticipating the future. Or we are, in some way, being over-nostalgic of the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and those two places within us are the places that, um, that we are going to find um, that, is, that we are most lost in, too, because we lose our power in those places. We don't have any power in the ghost lands. Uh, and we, we leak, we, I say we leak power there. Mm-hmm. We leak it. And why? Well, because we are giving away our power to a position or a place within us that doesn't exist. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Absolutely. And it's a form, you know, from psychological or mental health perspective, it's a form of dissociation. It's a form of not being present. And not being present is what so much of, you know, it's really interesting that that is such a big uh, uh, topic on, you know, we see it all the time in sitcoms and even yep. in movies, movies, people talk about being in the now and all that stuff. But really, yep. we live in the future. We live in the past. We don't, we, you know. Uh... Well, again, remember we talked about fluidity, right? So mm-hmm. the idea that, that life is fluid. Well, we have to remember that we're always in a process. Even when we set goals for ourselves or we do our dream boards or whatever, which I, which I really support people in doing, mm-hmm. but it's like surrendering it, surrendering the results, just putting it out there, surrender the results, chop wood, carry water, stay in right. now, it's okay to put your sights onto something, but then you have to let go. You cannot plan for everything. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard one for uh, us to swallow as we sort of renegotiate our understanding of the law of attraction, that we really do need to, to be present and, and not so futuristic that we lose sight of today. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you also talk about allies along the journey. Who are our allies? Well, the allies, well, first of all, there's the wizard of awareness that I, that I first introduced in the early part of the book where there's the part of us that, that is, in fact, um, engaged with the observation of our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. So there's a part of us that's very wise, it's very old, and it's more, I consider it more of a masculine aspect. 
Um, and I, that's what I call the wizard of awareness. Then you have, as I said, the bone collector, which came out of a story that I had originally been I, I, uh, connected to with this um, old Spanish woman that had, she was called a singer. She was originally part of the Carlos Castañedas groups, and she had told me this story about this, um, bo- uh, this, it wasn't called that, it was a Spanish name, but it was, uh, it was rewritten later on in Clarissa Pinkola Estes' book, Women Who Run With the Full Wolves, mm-hmm. all about this uh, old woman who you see at the corner of your eyes, and she, her whole reason for being is to collect the bones of, a, of wolves, and then she sings them back to life, and, and as she does that, they turn into a wolf, and then they turn into a maiden, and the maiden goes into the sunset, and the whole point of that is that Bones, the archetype of bones means that which cannot be easily destroyed. So within us, there are parts of us that cannot easily be destroyed. And, and they are kept by this old lady. I, I created this whole story, uh, this fable that is my own, but that she waits on this island of broken dreams. Um, and she waits for you to claim them. And when you become conscious of the fact that you are whole, you, co- you go back and reclaim the things that were taken from you in these moments when a goblin was born. Right. There's an intricate dance between these two aspects of your persona. And, of course, the manifesting piece of you, the one that I say that the, the gentle gardener represents the part of us that ensures integri- the integrity of what we think and believe in the outer world. Because no matter what we say or think, what we believe, will, we will resonate with that and we will look for that in the outside world. So, so it's the part of us that... Um, you know that 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 engages the law of attraction, the law of praise, the law, all the different universal laws of manifestation. That's the part of us that engages that. So again, it's an idea that we have an ally that we can see or we create in our mind, and we can dialogue with that part. And it's amazing because you can actually find out if you're off track by talking to her, mm-hmm. or if you're on track. Or what you need to do because you can't intellectualize it. Yeah. Yeah, that that intellectualizing just draws us back to the self-judgment and the and the logical order that we're trying to find, and it, and then we lose our way again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you're doing active imagination and um, the feeling of being uh, just silly and and this isn't really real and how can I really believe in all this stuff comes up. How do you deal with that? Say that again. When when you know when we're dealing with active imagination, and I do this a lot with my clients as well. They very often say, well, this is just silly. Not, who can believe this stuff? You, you don't have all these people inside of you, and who can believe this? How do you help people deal with that? Well, you know, it's, 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 they're not real people. That's, that, that's the thing. These are, these are metaphors. Right. These are metaphors, and they're not real inside of you, but they, they are aspects of you that, you that you allow yourself, your different pieces of yourself to speak through. Yeah. So they themselves are not real. They are just a template through which your own psyche, that is very complex, can speak through much more easier. So it's really a tool. This is not, you know, you don't have a real goblin in you. Yeah. You don't have a real bone collector. You don't have that. So, you, so I just say, well, just be open-minded enough to allow it and then see for yourself. Did that make any sense to you? Nine, nine times out of ten, they're going to go, oh, yeah. But, yes, you're right. I, I've had people with real skeptical when they read the book going, well, hmm. But as you do, you know, it's, yeah, it's a tool. And listen, can't please everybody. That's right. Yeah, and and the de- the thing is that uh, these same people would very easily trust the runes or the tarot or something external to themselves. And I, what I say to them is, this is the same kind of metaphor as that. And then they go, oh, okay, that makes some sense. You know, we're, you, I mean, you, you you do this all the time. You know that 
you know, when people plug into some external way, it's a tool of tapping into their own intuition. Yeah. 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 So it's it's very interesting that you've combined all these wonderful methods of, of working with the psyche so that the psyche doesn't outdo us. Yeah. You know, that it allows us room to, to, to find it and be with it. I think that's an yeah. amazing process. Well, so. And you know about this because it's, you know, it is similar to what you already know. I mean, again, not, this is not original, what I've created, but it is, it is an original way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's original because it taps us into our original self. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, what I meant was the process itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. It's one of, of telling. It's the storyteller inside of us, and you know that. You're the, you're the storyteller, so... Yeah, it's it's the one that wants. I mean, you know, the, what did we do when we were little kids and we had some problem to work out, and mom mom got a book and read a story to us that was all about that problem. You know, that's what I used to do with my kids. I would, yep. you know, if they had a problem with their temper, I would go get a book about tempers and you know whatever, anger or you know brother sister relationships or whatever, and, and read, and they would go, oh okay, and then they would make a little small adjustment adjustment. So, okay, another question, and we may not have time to answer this before the break, but we're going to start with the question at least. As a matter of fact, we don't have time to do it before the break, so so we're going to go ahead and take the break and come back to this question because it's going to be a very interesting um, thing for us to explore in terms of purpose, life purpose. So we'll be back with more from Colette Barron-Reed. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Colette Baron-Reed about her latest book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life. And one of the things that um, you talk about in the book, and I think is one of the most important questions that, that we ask over and over again and have a hard time coming to terms with, is this issue of purpose, why we are here. And that is a problematic question in that it assumes, at least for a lot of us, that we must find some highly visible totally powerful position of influence from which to assume our purpose or we're somehow less than worthy. But if we assume, as you've said, that each of us plays a vital role in the evolution of humanity, then it makes it a little easier to do within that, within, to go within and find that ordinariness that it's also a part of our purpose. So how do we find our individual and essential mission or purpose in life? Well, I kind of don't know. <laughs> Great answer. I love it. I you know, love it. It's. I think you stumble on it. I think that the more you are willing to see who you are, the more you're willing to kind of peel the peel the onion skins, uh-huh. then you discover your purpose. I don't think it's like it just happens. Boom. You know. Yeah. I think that uh, you know because it's it's such a vague question. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. And you know, and I think people are like oh, I need to know what my purpose is, and maybe your purpose can change. Absolutely. Too. I mean, our purpose is to be the best version of ourselves that we can on any given day. Thank you. Yeah. But I, I have no clue. You know, yeah. I, in a bigger picture, all I know is that for me, for me, praying, meditating, staying sober, you know, um, being uh, the best person I can be letting go my fears, letting go and letting God, mm-hmm. um, that's how it worked for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I do think some, so many times that question, what is my purpose in life, and I know, I know this gets asked to psychics and intuitives all over the world at least 100 times every day, what is my life's purpose? And, and <laughs> I really, truly did love your answer. I don't know. Well, I don't know what your purpose <laughs> is, and I don't know how to get there. Sorry, I can't help you. But <laughs> But the idea is that, you know, we're, we assume that we should have some kind of um, purpose that we can wrap our words around. And I'm not sure it's always that way. I've had people who are, um, in, uh, you know, paraplegics ask me, well, what is my purpose if I can't get out and do anything for other people? What is my purpose? You know, and we think of it in terms of doing. We think yeah. of it in terms of what you can do for others also, not necessarily even for yourself. What you just said is my purpose is to be the the most of me that I can be, the best of me that I can be, and that's it. And uh, finding out who that is is the journey. Yeah, and also, you know, letting go your consciousness of a victim. That's really big. Oh, yeah. Talk some more about that. Well, I mean, I think that when we get wounded, we... we we tend to believe we, that we are somehow hard done by, and we have this entitlement that life should be a bowl of cherries or that we should wiggle our noses because we're in the new age and we should feel good all the time, and that's not the way it is. You know, like, you have to, turn, you have to learn how to turn lemons into lemonade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to anticipate that when, a, when something that's difficult happens in our lives, it's not necessarily because we've attracted it or brought, you know, we've 
we've we've done something bad to deserve it or you know so that then we start going all over again well if this is happening to me then what is my life's purpose your life purpose might yeah, be Yeah, well, your life's purpose is to go through things. It's yeah. to, you know, it's to move through things. It's it's not to just stay stuck anywhere and it's to really 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 look at all experiences as just experiences. All feelings are just feelings. Yeah. You know, uh, that 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 life is a fluid. It's our stories are continuous. Our everything is evolving that means that there's always this sense of fluid change and that's what we have to remember that, that and once we remember that we know this too shall pass mhm mhm absolutely this too shall pass absolutely yeah and with regard to that victim thing so many times i'm talking to people and they say you know we'll be talking about the next step in their journey and they and they know what it is but they might say yeah but that's so hard as if that means i don't have to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my response to that is always, well, no, you really don't have to do it. Um, you have an option here, but being it, the fact that it's hard doesn't mean that that is your reason yeah. for not doing it. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that it's hard. Thing. It's like, so what? Yeah. Really? So what? Yeah. <laughs> <Deal with it. laughs> yeah. If you want to get from here to here, then you know, and I don't even know where here, the next here is, but if you want to complete this journey. Be your own hero. Become all that you are. Then yep. you got to go through this stuff. You can't walk around it, over it, under it, or through it. Or well, life, I guess through it. Life is a life is an adventure, and that's the other thing. It's like, you know, I don't want to suffer. Of course not. Who wants to suffer? Nobody does. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we do. Mm-hmm. And and the point is, is we don't want to suffer over our suffering and get ourselves into a victim mode. Like, oh my God, I've had such a hard time. My hard life, poor me. You know, the idea is like, okay, I've had this experience. What can I learn here? Or maybe I just need to go through it. And we don't know right away. Sometimes it takes a while for us to integrate that, for it to become wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that's what life is. It's a series of beautiful and troublesome landscapes. There, without the rainstorm, we wouldn't have the beautiful grass, right? Then that's the way we look at our inner life as the same way as we look at the natural world. The same rules apply. Yeah. Yeah, the story here for us, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and most of the nation knows we've had some pretty uh, devastating <gasps> yes. tornadoes here and a lot of loss of life and certainly a lot of loss of property and things like that in the cities around, and I fared very well throughout all that, and I'm very blessed that I did. But um, but I, I think that um, the interesting thing about the watching us go through this and being a part of sort of the um, rebuilding effort here is that, you know, you see people gather themselves together and just decide that, okay, this is another thing to go through and I'm just going to have to go through it and I'm going to have to figure it out as I go. And it won't be something I understand from the beginning, but I'll get it as I go. The other thing is, as you know, you said in your book, we find ourselves in different places and each one has a gift. I hear people talking about how, you know, this thing, did like nothing else could do it it woke them up to something or it made them so much more profoundly aware of their connections or it um, destroyed something that they hated anyway i even had somebody say that so you know it's very interesting to just kind of sit back and i'm listening to you and, and sort of make those comparisons in my own head as i've heard people talk about it here well that's the thing we're all we are all teaching tools for each other mm-hmm. you know it's like we're all teaching tools i how you I, so, so now, did you guys have floods down there? I know that you had tornadoes, is we, right? Or 
we had tornadoes. The floods that might come down the Mississippi are, are going to go the other way. They're on in, near the Mississippi River, going down down toward Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Not here. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It's oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I mean, and it really that's the other thing. Like these 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 experiences that we have no control over. These these. What do we do? Do we say, oh, we're you know we we were we manifested that, therefore we were bad or Thank whatever? You. Like yes. that's crap. Yes, That's why yes. I get really pissed off about the New Age teachings, uh-huh. you know, with this, well, they must have manifested that. I'm like, oh, you know what? Go jump in a New Age lake. You know, <laughs> like it's such crapola, or God must have hurt them. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, this is, this is nature. This is, this is life experience. This actually brings communities together. I mean, this is something that nobody did to themselves, and it's, you know, I mean, maybe... You know, sure, maybe all of humanity overpopulated the planet, or maybe you know all of humanity, whatever. But you know, you this is this is life on life's terms, and I say that in the book. We walk between two pillars of one one pillar that says I create my reality, and the second pillar that says I surrender to life on life's terms. Both are true. Absolutely, absolutely, very well said. Very well said, and as the listening audience knows, i got a book coming out in the fall that's just about that very topic, about how that is crap. So, <laughs> uh-huh, goody. Oh, you, when is it? I'm going to help you promote it. Oh, great. Do so. I'm going to help you promote that. That's great. It's called The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, which means it's a total revision of the law. That means it does, it's not saying what we think it's saying. It's saying something very different and very much deeper and has everything to do with being becoming who we truly are rather than, you know, attracting from the external and, uh, yeah, that it, it says that whole thing about that our thoughts are not, you know, the basis of, uh, of, of reality. There's something much deeper that grounds us in reality and that, you know, we're not attracting bad things, that we have to go through mm-hmm. some things. But, yeah, all of that. So, yeah, promote it away. <laughs> I will. I will. I promise. That's I absolutely great. promise to help you. That's you know, great. You heard it all here, everybody. You heard it live here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. You know, I want to ask you this, too, because I think it's a question I get a lot, and I'm, I'm sure you've gotten it, too, is when you've landed at a place that is more authentic, is more true to your soul, is more true to who you are, however you want to say that, how do you know? You know, it feels like truth. Yeah. It just feels like the truth. It just is. You don't know intellectually, but you just know it. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't really take it apart like it's a puzzle and say, there it is, but you feel it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it just becomes true. It is just what it is. Absolutely. You know, I can't tell you the day that all of a sudden I had tr- self-worth, but I knew what it was like not to have. Oh, Absolutely. All right, we're going to be back with our final segment with Colette Baron-Reed in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for this last segment. You're going to learn a lot more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment, Sad But True, with uh, Colette Baron-Reed. And we've been talking today about her book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life has been uh, translated now into 17 different languages. Is that what you told me, Colette? Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. In less Short than time. two months. In less than two months. Yep. So that's amazing. And uh, for good reason, because you said it did come from as a coalescence of 22 years of work. And, uh, and uh, so, yeah, it is a very powerful, very powerful book. I really would encourage our listeners to, to purchase the book. So I want you, if you will, uh, Colette, to just sort of tell the listeners how they might connect with you, how they might find you at events, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, well, this uh, Friday, this is live, your show, so this Friday I'm receiving the 2011 Spirit Award at the Infinity Foundation in Chicago, and then okay. on Saturday, and there's still spots left, I'm doing a one-day intensive based on the book, The Map, mm-hmm. at the Infinity Foundation. You can see that on my events page. I'm also... Uh, going to be at Toronto's I Can Do It. I'm flying right from one right to the other uh, for t- a two-hour lecture on, on uh, Sunday from 2.30 to 4.30. Again, uh, a condensed version of the map. I'm going to be at the other two I Can Do It's later in the year. I'm doing a very special seminar here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, July the 10th. Same thing, a one-day seminar on the map. So, uh, and I am teaching a three-month-long uh, class on uh, called weight loss for people who feel too much using some of the techniques from the map, but that's online, and you can learn about that as well at hayhouseradio.com on On Demand. I'm busy. You are busy. You <laughs> are very busy. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot something else. Really important. <laughs> Tell it. Say it. Go ahead. I'm in Omega, the Omega Institute. I'm doing Psychic Boot Camp 2.0, Psychic 2.0 Boot Camp on July 27th for a weekend of insane 
humanity and fabulousness. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say this to the listening audience. Uh, last time you were on the show, I told you about a dream I had. Right. I don't know if you remember that or not. But it, I don't. Uh, uh, it was about two white peacocks in my front yard, and you told me two good things were going to open up. And guess what? They did. Oh, that's so I, <laughs> I want to tell you about that's part one of the things that opened up was that book that I was telling you about last time. And, uh, and uh, you know, so, yes, absolutely, um, uh, your instruction for the Psychic Boot Camp, I'm sure, is going to be very powerful. <laughs> well, I'm really excited that you're writing this book, by the way, too, because that's part of, you know, uh, what I want from my book is people to change their perception and perspective so that they see things as a fluid experience of, of, cre- of self-creation and co-creation. And I love what you're writing about because I'm – my background um, as a metaphysician, I, I understood the early versions of the law of attraction where there are many laws, many, many laws that are not spoken about these days, and I know that you're bringing them up in your book. So I'm very excited about that because people need to hear this. They need to know that there are, there are much more complex um, um, aspects to you know, reality creation, and you are the one that's going to be bringing that to the public. I'm very excited. Thank you very much. Yeah, I do think so. I think that we, we just, you know, like anything new, it comes out, we, we jump on board, and then we have to ha- have the experience before we can learn from it. Yes. Yep. So yeah. that's kind of what happened there. And I, I think we're in an evolutionary stage again about our understanding about that, and um, and it's going to help us all. And, and your book is extremely helpful in that regard as well because it is it, it really is a map. It's not just, uh, you, know, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, external um, guidance. It teaches people how to go inside and find that that inner uh, map inside themselves. Yes. Yeah. So that's wonderful work. Wonderful work. And so uh, you you've talked about the gifts that we get from each one of the places we find ourselves in the map, and you've talked about the magic. Uh, and um, tell us a little bit about that magic that we take with us as we are along this journey. I think that what the magic really is is recognizing the invisible mystery because then all of a sudden you start to see the synchronicities that bring everything together, and that's magic because you can't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's the things about life that you cannot understand. I have such a deep connection to God, but I don't understand God. Mm-hmm. You know, the God of my understanding is, is changes all the time, but I do know that there's this magic in the universe and there's a magical, uh, you know, way that things work that is beyond my by my puny little human understanding. And so once I give up trying to figure it out and I just witness it, I'm like, wow. And that's the thing. We need to bring the wow back. Oh, so true. So true. Yes, absolutely we do. And and I love what you said there because it allows room for mystery. I think so much of our effort with religion, with the New Age movement, yep. with a lot of the new thought has been trying to stick mystery in a box we could get. Oh, exactly. We can't, and we can't. It doesn't work. It hasn't yep. worked yet. Not working now. That's not working. <laughs> not working. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's not working. And, it, and, and not only does it not work, but it gets us stuck in that same box. Yeah, the box doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no box. It yeah, ain't no box. That's right. Ain't no box. Ain't no box. <laughs> Said like a true Southerner. Ain't, ain't no, no box. box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I, I do readings every day. I, I do. That's what I do for a living. Which, by the way, too, I, I, I book three weeks in advance. Now that's it because I used to have a huge couple year waiting list, and people used to get pissed off because they couldn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. So we took the risk, and we're only booking three weeks at a time. So, uh, but I've been talking to people lately 
all about these things every single day in their readings. They talk about these things. Everybody is thinking about these things, about the fact that we, we have to let go the concept of a box. Uh-huh. We just yes. have to let things evolve and be and show, show themselves to us. Yep. And remember, if we could honor the mystery, just to honor it, that's where we see God and the divine. Mm-hmm. It's not in the areas of our lives that we can figure out. It's in the mystery that we can never figure out. Yeah. So we have to just kind of, you know, I, I think of it a little bit like uh, surfboarding or kiting or anything like that. If you lean just a little bit, it takes a different tack. Yep. And, and, and it's that we have to lean just a little bit into the mystery and kind of go, right. uh, yeah. That mystery is really there, and I really can't figure that out. And you know what? I don't have to, and it's okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's okay. You're right. It's just okay. Yep. Okay. We have to make it okay. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. We have to give ourselves permission not to judge and to make it okay. Yeah, there's a surrender there, isn't there? Yep. Yep. And that's what I love about the 12-step program is that it says that you can surrender to the God of your understanding. And, of course, like you said, that, that idea grows. And, and is also fluid. And uh, so it doesn't have to be God in a box or, you know, higher power in a box or whatever you want to call that, that it's just you deciding to let that go and let it be what it is. And, it, and you know, when I did that, that was what's really interesting because people, you know, they, I've, had, I've had a few people who um, are, are very traditional um, confront me on my views about God or, or, you know, the way that spirit shows up in the world. And, you know, and I feel that there is, with no disrespect, but I feel that I have, I have become much more spiritual and much more respectful of the divine when I stopped putting a form around it that was given to me by an organization. And mm-hmm. I have a deeper, I have a, I see it. I see God everywhere. Yep. yep. And, I, and I know I don't know what it means. I just know that it's there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about something that just happened recently. I was at a, a, a funeral, actually, and it was a very sad event. And I was looking out at out the window at this tree, this amazing tree, and I was just catching it being silent. And it was just like the silence of the tree was enough for me to find God. That was all I needed. And it was not, um, or, you know, God in whatever way you want to frame that. I don't really call it God, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's a way of connecting. So uh, so that, yep. that if we're looking for it, it's there for us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's just, and it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. I, I, there was this really interesting um, uh, video on YouTube, and I, can't, I think her name is Little Grandmothers. This young girl, I don't know where she's from, but she's kind of taken on... I don't know, something told her that she's meant to be this shaman bringer. Anyway, she's very young. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she, ta- she says that the people on the earth, all the souls are strong enough. Everybody that's here, that's incarnated here, we've chosen to be here to help give birth to this new world. And I believe it's true. Absolutely. We have to remember that. Yep, we are strong. And it's not an ego thing to say that we're chosen. I think that, you know, whatever our small part is, and we just... Just doing a small part. So maybe your own, your true purpose is to take an old lady across the street, and that's it. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, thank you so much, Colette, for being on the show. I have loved talking to you. You're great fun and very wise, and thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. And don't forget to, to call on me to help you with your book. Absolutely. I'll I'm be in. doing it.
I'll be doing it. All right, thank okay. you so much. And thank next you. week Bye-bye. we're going to be talking about true soul desire and the distinctions between it and all the other things that can mimic it, particularly if you're trying to implement the law of attraction in your life. You don't want to miss this one. So stay tuned for that next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.